The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Do you remember the first vinyl you ever owned? Some of you texting me in already. Heart, Dreamboat, Annie, Three Dog Night, uh, Black Sabbath, and Nazareth. Um, how about this one? was one of the KTEL Greatest Hits albums. I bought it because it had that popcorn tune on it. <laughs> uh, let me know at 6.30, 6.30. For many of us, uh, we grew up with it, enjoyed cleaning the record off, dropping the needle on the record, then sitting back and enjoying that amazing sound. CDs and streaming have changed that certainly over the past 30 years or so, but there has been a resurgence of vinyl and an Edmonton man is now part of that process. Uh, Todd McLean, the owner of Moonshot Phonographs, join me, joins me now. Hi, Todd. Oh, hi, Jalen. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Pretty good, thank you. What was the first album you owned? <laughs> wow, that's a tough question. I don't have a huge collection, but I mean, I, I was probably like... 82 was probably the first vinyl I bought. Oh my gosh, you know what? See, I uh, I think one of my, and this is a kind of embarrassing, but I think my first one was Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> but you know what was really cool is that I grew up in a, in, a, in a family that loved music. So my dad had albums after out, al- like all sorts of albums and 45s, and I was able to play those. Um, you know, that's what I, I I listened to stuff like Bebop Alula and Big Bad John, all that sort of stuff from the 50s and the 60s, and I loved and it was really cool yesterday one of my listeners dropped me off Sinatra on vinyl uh, come swing with me and it was just absolutely fantastic anyway um, you love vinyl tell me what it is that you love about it Oh, it's it's just the best delivery um, uh, format for recorded music. There's just nothing else like it. You know, your your live performance is is the best way to hear music, mm-hmm. and then it's vinyl, and, and it's just it's superior because it's it's analog. We all all our audio, everything we hear is analog. We don't hear anything in bits and bytes. <laughs> so to hear um, music in an analog format is it's this natural habitat. So tell me how uh, Moonshot Phonographs came about. What what led you to saying, I have to get into this business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a few things there. Of course, it, it's music as a whole and just the way music touches my life. Um, you know, every day, uh, there's that, that connection to vinyl and, uh, and of course then the awareness when vinyl started making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say comeback, it's not like 1979 comeback. <laughs> uh, no, those aren't the levels we're talking about, but it's now made a significant dent in, in the music scene and in the music industry. So that got me really excited that, Hey, this is, this is now a thing again. Um, but the other piece of it was um, that it actually was able to drive some revenue for emerging artists, or it had the potential mm-hmm. for, um, for revenue for emerging artists. But the fact was, is that most of the time they had no access to it. No, no couldn't no afford it. No one was it. expecting the industry no. to, to come back. And so it was just the, the big players that actually were able to kind of tie up all the services of existing pressing plants. Um, but it's not like, you know, Adele's career hung on the sale of five records at her next show. <laughs> but some emerging artists need it to, to actually, to, you know, make some money. And, you know, they were unable to get it or it was behind or, the, you know, the quality was so poor it kept getting returned. So there was all those things. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is just wrong. Um, 
so that was that was definitely a turning point. So then, then what happened? Where did you find what what equipment are you using right now? How did you find it? How mm-hmm. does it work? Yeah, it's, um, there's nothing new in a general sense. It's still, um, it still it still starts with vinyl pellets that are extruded into you know into a, a, a lump, <laughs> and then you have under high pressure and heat. Um, you you press with with metal plates uh, the image of the music onto the vinyl. Um, that's still all the same, but what's happened is we've got um, a Canadian technology, a Canadian company, building brand new 21st century machines, and it's called a warm tone. And, and when I got wind of this in, in 2016, it was that was the moment where like I knew I could do something hmm. about this. And uh, we went to see what this machine could do in action. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Managed to get one. You've set it up. You're 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 going into I think your second year now. Who are you working right. with? As far as artists go. Sorry. As far as artists go. Yeah, it's it's been quite a variety. I, I'm really fortunate. I'm glad to have been able to tap into uh, the local uh, music scene. So, you know, there's been everyone from Maddie Storval to mm-hmm. Joe Nolan to Captain Tractor. Um, lots local, lots just Edmonton in general. Um, um, Mariel Buckley or Amy Nelson uh, from Southern Alberta. Um, into Saskatchewan, we've had some some uh, artist press, uh, BC, Manitoba, and into the U.S. that now we're, we're starting to um, see interest across the border. So, um, Todd, is it expensive to make an album? Um, it, it looks expensive to start <laughs> with. Um, you kind of do have to have some money in hand. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that I can very quickly point out is that the return on that investment um, for an artist to request, let's just say, a, a, a typical order of, let's say, 250 records, you know, in, in sleeves and jackets, um, that they're going to pay about $10 a unit, but turn around and sell it for 25 or yeah. 30 Okay. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you're absolutely loving this. You're loving this new game. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely found <laughs> where I belong. Absolutely. Um, I think tomorrow is, uh, isn't it uh, Record Store Day tomorrow? Record Store Day 2019, indeed. Yeah. In fact, that was the movement that really kind of triggered. Uh, some people point, to, they put their finger on the calendar as, as being in 2007, the first Record Store Day, when things started to change. Um, and, and you have an event going on tomorrow, don't you? I do. It's it's uh, for the industry uh, primarily. I'm, I've invited musicians from all over and industry people working with labels and in studios, etc., to come and see what it is we're doing, mm-hmm. um, so that you know we can finally uh, have an opportunity to show it off and and just kind of generate a bit of a buzz because we're not just any record pressing plant. Right here in in Edmonton and Alberta's own backyard. We can make the very best there is. A question coming in from one of my listeners this afternoon mm-hmm. says, um, the 33 and a third and 45s were vinyl. What were, Do you know what 78s were made out of? Mm. Uh, the, the predecessor to uh, vinyl or PVC records was a shellac. Oh, okay. And I think that they were, um, that's where the 78s were played. 
Someone also wanted to know if you had any um, interest in bringing back um, eight tracks or reel to reel. Well, you know, reel to reel is actually a, a really good format, and, and of course, you can still yeah. in the studio record to, to reel to reel. Um, a track is another matter; <laughs> it's, it, it deserves to be in the dustbin of history. I would agree with you on that. I grew up uh, besides my dad's albums on reel. It, it was reel to reel. I remember this big machine, and he would put all those albums on reel to reel for when they had parties, so it would just you know, it would play longer. Um, we're seeing more of the, the big artists putting out um, uh, albums now, vinyl now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Is that just kind of trying to get back to that to that more warmth of a sound? Um, because, I mean, a lot of, you know, they're making money hand over fist. We're seeing, you know, mm-hmm. streaming services, you know, just dropping one hit, you know, a song after song after song. Why do you think that they're turning back to vinyl? Well, it's going to be consumer-driven. Like anything, it's if there's a market for it, um, someone's going to make it. Um, so yeah, definitely. There's uh, anybody's fan base. There's going to be a certain percentage of them that want to hear it on vinyl. It's just it's such a great experience, um, you know, with with your your, your jackets and inserts and mm-hmm. uh, sleeves. You've got so much uh, canvas on which to put artwork and and you know something so physical. It's got some weight to it. Um, people love it. So absolutely, your your um, you know your artists on the major labels, they're all getting vinyl done, um, and usually at at the real you know the the bigger pressing plants in the world. Todd McLean, the owner of Moonshot Phonographs, right here in Edmonton, joining me this afternoon. Uh, another question: How small of a run can you do, or are you willing to do? We'll do runs as low as 100 units. Okay. And, and that's just sort of um, uh, a rounded, um, you know, benchmark from which you can still produce a record and, and make a little bit of money. Okay. Once you drop below that quantity, it's going to be a, a money-losing venture. So, Todd, if people want to find out, because there's people texting me right now that want to find out more information, where do they do that? Um, our website is a great place to start. It's, it was where really the, the whole storefront began, and that's <laughs> moonshotphonographs.com. Okay. And then we are active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, at Moonshot uh, so Phono. Was, yep. Yep, absolutely. And Todd McLean, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Always love talking music and uh, love talking this format as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. Yeah, continued success. Thank you. Uh, it's 2.45 on the 6.30 Chad afternoon news. So uh, when we were talking about that, I was mentioning that uh, uh, one of uh, my listeners dropped off uh, a Sinatra album yesterday and a, and a Mickey of Whiskey, too, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and, I, and I love that. Um, at my desk, and it's been with me for numerous, numerous years, I also have Neil Diamond's Beautiful Noise album. I have Neil Diamond's um, A Hot August Night, Live at the Greek. Just sitting there, I just look at them and they remind me of, you know, some of the great music I love. And you might not think that Neil Diamond is great music, but it's music that I grew up listening to. So I love having it there. Um, You know, I have about three or four different albums just sitting there going, you know, those are really cool. But I remember it so well when I was a, when I was a kid, finally, when my parents finally bought me that little stereo system for my own room that had the AM FM dial. And I grew up in Southern Ontario, my first 10, 12 years of my life, I grew up in Southern Ontario. So I was able to tune in because I lived on um, 
on Lake Ontario in a in a town in a city called Belleville, and I could tune in and with the you know when if the the clouds were right and the sky was whatever, I could tune in stations from New York, and I remember listening to a to a station called Yes 99.5 uh, from New York and absolutely loved it. And then I would pull out all of these albums that my dad had and, you know, you look at the cover and you the inside sleeve and you just kind of loved it when my dad finally let me use his fancy stereo system and you had the little brush, you'd start it and you'd clean it all off. I think Dustin and my producer right now are looking at me like, I don't even know what the hell she's talking about. But it was a whole process and you know how the needle on the uh, on the stereo system had all the little, I don't know, what, what was it, little things around it, like little dusty things on it. What do you call it? I don't know. <laughs> but around the needle, the stylus, I guess it was. And uh, oh my gosh, and when he finally like just dropped it down... Oh, it was just, it was, it was fantastic. And again, the real to real was pretty awesome as well. Uh, how about this? Um, GC says, I have over 300 original albums from the late 1960s to the early 80s, all in original jackets. Best music ever. Um, Metalheads, love vinyl. I buy lots, uh, says this one. Tone and sound quality aside, Sean the Engineer has one very big feeling towards vinyl. It forces a listener to sit down and pay attention to the music playing. Unlike an iPod that follows a person around and can be somewhat ignored to some degree, listening to music has once again become an occasion and not a distraction. Love it. Let me know what you're thinking right now on this front. Curious to know maybe what that first album was of yours. This one is for Don, who texted in saying his first album was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, such great music out there. Um, thanks for texting in, Harley from Viking. Remember putting the quarter on the arm so the needle wouldn't skip? Absolutely. My first album was Donny Osmond, Puppy Love. I'm guessing that's from Eileen Bell, who's listening to my show in the newsroom. Uh, Rick from Mayerthorpe joining me this afternoon. Hey, Rick. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. Your first record? It was uh, it was Rolling Stones, Painted Black. Ugh, yes. Another top one I had was uh, Alice Cooper. I'd never even heard of the band when I bought it. I bought it for a snake on it. That was probably <laughs> my second or third one. But wasn't unfortunately a... that one went? It was a beautiful one. I've got every Alice Cooper and every Black Sabbath. But you know what, Rick? Wasn't wasn't that the best? One of the best parts about vinyl and about albums is the artwork, the cover work, and then that inside sleeve and having the lyrics all there. I mean, it was just such a package. Yeah, and they're also reasonable. There, Frank. I'm going to age myself. But <laughs> the albums then were about f- five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you're only making a buck an hour in those days, so I guess it was <laughs> half a day's work to buy an album. Oh, well, thanks for sharing. Go listen to the album this weekend, okay? Oh, Have a great one. One more thing i yeah. got to tell you. I bought my first uh, old uh, the station there you know, to play all my music. It was $1,000, 1976. Oh, jeez. It's what you can buy for about 150 yeah. now, but that, it still works. Perfect. Still works. Are you still using okay, it? Well, Are you still using yeah. it? Good for you. Well, my son does. Awesome. I, he's got all my albums. Rick, okay, have a great you. one. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom, your first record. 
Hi, Jay. My first record was Johnny Cash, Ring mm. of Fire. Mm. I bought it in Finflon at Records at the Thompson's Record Bar in 1968, and I still have it. Uh. And I still have an 8-track hooked up to my stereo in the garage. Do you really? Oh, yeah. You betcha. <laughs> you got to gets... have a, a matchbook to put under there so <laughs> yep. it doesn't double track. What you am I? pull the tape out to make sure it doesn't uh, get all stuck. you got to mm. loosen it up. Awesome. Oh yeah. One of my fav- one of my favorite memories is driving around with my grandma and grandpa and my da- and my grandpa's red duster. It was a beautiful red car with black interior, and he had the eight tracks in there. And we'd be we'd be bombing through, you know, uh, the Lindsay Bob Cajun area. And my brother and I were sitting in the back seat, you know, dodging you know, the f- uh, uh, sparks from his cigarettes or from his or from his uh, pipe. I just remember those eight tracks like it was yesterday. It's just it takes oh. you back. Absolutely. I had quite a few cars that had built-in 8-tracks in them, and I wore out Nazareth, Razamanaz, yep. and I wore out a bunch of Stomp and Tom tapes. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were great. And the stereos back then, you could crank them up, and then you blow a speaker, and you just go and buy a new one and put it in. <laughs> Tom, enjoy your music this weekend. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Thanks, Jaylen. Have a great day. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.